Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're here with Comic Maddie Smith. Maddie Smith, how the hell are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, good. It's so nice for you to come on. Thank you so much. And I follow you just everywhere. You're so Maddie Smith. And I love that because, you know, when you see a joke, that is so Maddie Smith. Oh, my gosh. I love that you say that because the only <laughs> reason I have that Instagram handle is because Maddie Smith was taken. But I'm uh, <laughs> glad that it's coming to its own. <laughs> yeah. And I think yeah, I think there is a comedian in New York City, Madeline Smith. You ever, did you guys ever cross paths and, and beef about the name or no? Not really. Uh, I do. We did cross paths in Rochester because I'm from upstate. So I did a show in Rochester and she was up there and uh, we talked a little bit about it. I said, I'll have my lawyers talk to your lawyers. <laughs> and I'm a lawyer and you've been a guest and she hasn't. So I'll, I'll represent you. Yeah. So we're one step ahead of her. And this is totally private, but are you Madison? Is that the full name or no? No, it's Madeline. Okay, Madeline. All right. I think I probably Skyped with a Madison Smith on here, and so, so hopefully, uh, she she's gonna be like, dude, I don't know, I don't know you for shit. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, so Maddie Smith, and it just looks like you have tons of online content that you're doing during the quarantine. Are you you're doing sketch videos, etc.? Um, not. I'm doing a little bit of sketch. When I started the quarantine, I did like a little talk show on YouTube. Um, but lo and behold, it took a long time to edit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. That's the hard part for some of these video editors. Dude, I took two weeks off and I was like, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> so, good to not do. so now I do more um, uh, kind of like unscripted videos for my fans, like Ask Me Anything, that kind of just meander, kind of just like practice for doing stand-up jokes that are um, guised as um, Ask Me Anythings. And are you doing those things live so that you're able to practice on your feet thinking or no? Um, they are. So I don't prep the questions. So I just sit in front of a camera and meander. But then I edit all the, the, the non-funny stuff out. <laughs> but I don't live stuff just because I don't like when people, the comments come in and it's too distracting, you know, yeah. like a final product. But but that means that when they meet you in real life, they're going to expect every word out of your mouth out of your mouth to be hilarious. And they're going to expect some good good editing, some nice <laughs> coming out of my mouth. You know, that's... it's like she yeah she's not editing out her sneezes or whatever. I don't know what the hell happened to Maddie Smith. That is not so Maddie Smith. I'm not zooming in on punchlines. What's going? On? <laughs> <laughs> and so we're going to talk about today. You are not the only comedian in your household. It sounds like you recently moved in with former guest Andrew Chavone, who's just a delight. Yes, we do live together, and we just happen to be dating, <laughs> but the movie yeah. first. And, uh, yeah, we've been dating uh, about two years now. Yeah, he's also, he's a delight. He's still sleeping because <sighs> he works and I don't, so. That's pretty amazing that your apartment is big enough that you're able to do an interview and he can still be asleep in another room. That Well, that was our goal because the beginning <laughs> of quarantine, we're in this tiny little bedroom, and I said, get me a two-bedroom apartment because I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing personal, but I hate you. <laughs> yeah, I've had, I've had a female comedian who was like, shh, and I'm like, who are you shushing? And she's like, my boyfriend's here. We have a really small, small apartment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like in Queens, the prices are going down, but Manhattan, too. you got to get that big space. Yeah. 
So, I mean, yeah, so at what point did you know that Andrew Chavon was a comic that you gave a shit about such that you were like, I need this dude. I need this notch on my belt. I need this dude right now. Like, and was it before or after you saw his act? Uh, it was after. I think we yes. had first. I think I saw him first when I had within a first year. And I was like, oh, there's a funny guy. And then we kept crossing paths. And uh, for me, it's more about offstage, uh, being nice and normal. And <laughs> nothing weird, nothing ego involved. You know, there's a few red flags it went within. But he was always nice listening. And the more we talked, the more I was like, wow, this guy is so nice, normal, and funny. You know? So you're saying there, there was red flags with him initially, or you're saying normally with comedians there's red flags? With other people, you cross them off the list. You got a cross, <laughs> he does something weird, boom. I got... You know, I kick people out pretty quickly of my crush, <laughs> and he stayed on for a long time. Wow. <laughs> no red flags ever, and so that's pretty much it. If you're nice and normal, and, and then you also happen to be funny, you're staying on ship with me. But I just love that guy. Out of the whole comedy community in New York City, only Andrew Chavon can meet that kind of Venn diagram overla overlap between funny, nice, and normal. Honestly, Andrew Chavon, Steve Rogers, funny, nice, and normal, and... <laughs> Um, yep, can't think of anyone else. Sorry. <laughs> Dude, I love that. And one of the things I like about him is he's, you know, he's in the moment and he's funny, but he also can laugh. Like he's got this infectious laugh that has you laughing twice as hard as you would normally. It's a belly laugh. <laughs> Our talk show at the beginning of quarantine, he would laugh so hard at this. And I would just I would feel so confident putting it up. And then I would get comments like, what is this? <laughs> And who is that guy laughing in the background? Yeah, I noticed that early on in some of your content, like, you know, during the quarantine, he was uh, he was a, a prop or, or a bit player. Like, how, you know, at what point do you feel comfortable kind of roping in your boyfriend to uh, to your content? And, um, you know, what can you ask him that he'll say yes to? And what has he ever said no to? Yeah. Um, well, I knew when I wanted to do the late afternoon talk show that I, 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 I was envisioning like a little band. Actually, I didn't... Put, picture him in there at first but then I was like let's sit there and play the bass that'd be so funny and then it turned into kind of like this duo act and then so I think that was the first big content thing and now we're thinking of doing some more kind of like living together sketch stuff and he's cool he's cool with anything and I would never do anything to like humiliate him the right. one thing seeing like I don't know if you're on TikTok there's a no. lot of like embarrassing your boyfriend trends oh. there's a lot of like prank your boyfriend there's a lot of like get uh, film your boyfriend and ask him if he knows what a tampon is. You know, like that kind of like humiliating. Uh, um, that I would never, I would want to do more like co-comedy things. Yeah. And I don't, the humiliating stuff for me is, there's a reason it goes viral because it's easy. <laughs> and you got to imagine those relationships will last only about as long as TikTok will. Yes. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. So, yeah. So, yeah, anything that's, uh, and if, yeah, I would never put him as, like, um, a non-consenting person in a thing. I, anything he's in, I run by him. And he's like, <laughs> going, you know? And so have you been on their podcast? Have you been on Panic Attacking? Yeah, I was on Panic Attacking once, but only the virtual version. So, okay. obviously, because everything is virtual right now. So I did one of their Patreon episodes. Um, it's a really good podcast. They yeah. have... 
And so, like, you know, when at what point in the relationship did he reveal that I have a podcast? Number one, and how did you react to that? But number two, you know, it's it's revolving around you know anxiety. You know, like you know, when he said, "Oh yeah, my I have a podcast and it's called Panic Attacking." Did you say that checks out, or oh shit, I didn't even know you had anxiety? No, actually, he started it after we started dating. So, um, so he didn't have the podcast when we started dating. When we started dating, he just was doing stand-up. And then I think he met Steve at the same time that him and I started, like, courting each other. And then they talked about doing a podcast for, of course, eight to ten months, which is typical. for. (laughs) And then I think when Steven's late-night set came out is when they started releasing episodes, which was, like, a while after. So, yeah, they, they thought they were going to be able to have Colbert kind of mention it. I think yeah. one of the, you know, both of them came on and I thought one of them was like, yeah, usually you know, Colbert will actually promote things like a podcast if that's what you're promoting. But in this case, he did not. What did he say? Did he say something about Brian Regan or something? Well, no, we talked about Brian Regan, but, you know, Colbert didn't, you know, kind of mention the name panic attacking. And so they had time the, the start of panic attacking to the mention on late night, which ultimately did not occur. Right, which is, yeah, they, and they delayed their release because yeah. of that. Yeah, that's <laughs> fucking sad, right? Fuck you, Colbert. No, literally, fuck you, but I would love to have <laughs> um, Yeah, I'd love to be on there. I'd love to be on your show. Fuck you, but your show's great. And so, you know, like, you know, living with somebody with anxiety, like, are you the perfect person for that because you have no anxiety yourself? Oh, I have so much anxiety, Brian. Oh, so you can relate. Yeah, I can relate, and I think it helps because we can comfort each other. His anxiety is a little different than mine. Mine is intense, self-centered panic about my career and what people think of me. <laughs> Typical white woman. <laughs> That's so Maddie Smith. Like, you have a, a perfect career. It's going perfectly well, but you still have anxiety about it. I literally wake up and I'm like, I'm not enough. It's literally. <laughs> describe. And you can't talk to people about it because they're like, are you kidding me? You have so many Instagram followers. And you're like, oh, no one's late to my problems. I love the fact, like, if you did a sketch or a TikTok that just had you coming out of bed saying, I'm not enough, like, that would go viral, I think. Right. Well, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> see if but I they can... think that, oh, oh, she's really followed. She thinks she knows she's beloved, and therefore she doesn't give, get up with the feeling, I'm not enough. Dude, I honestly thought after my Wild and Out episodes came out, and I was like, oh, once I get that K, that 10K on Instagram, I'm going to feel great. And <laughs> I feel worse. I'm like, there's stuff out. There's people commenting weird stuff. It's like when someone's losing weight and they're like, once I'm down 20 pounds, that's when I'll be happy. But you know what? It's internally that you got to fix yourself. You can't. But with Andrew's anxiety, it's a little bit more um, social anxiety and um, less panic about his future. More like anxiety in the moment. Um, when like a cat would get a couch delivered, he has anxiety about like giving the guys water and stuff where I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> like other people stuff. So I'm able to talk him down from that. And he's so when, like, the cou- when the couch guy comes, you're like, is my career going good couch guy? I'm like, dude, do you know who I am? <laughs> and he's like, how much should I tip them? I'm like, dude, I don't fucking, what? Yeah, don't tip him at all. He doesn't know who I am. Right. Yeah. He doesn't know. <laughs> So, but it's a good balance. You can't, I don't think you can have two people panicking about their careers because that turns into, well, you're mad. Well, I don't have any shows this week. So how do you think I, <laughs> like, he's never done that. And I've never said, oh, I didn't care about how much we tip those guys. So you can help talk 
it's like yin yang, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, at, at what point did you learn that he also had anxiety? Did you guys bond over that initially because you had seen his act first and his act might touch on anxiety? Um, no, I think we, when we first started dating, um, we had to talk a lot of things out because he had been in a relationship before. So there was a lot of anxiety about that, uh, ironing out kinks. And so pretty early on, I got exposed to his thought process wow. and as someone who also has such, and he started going to therapy, I think, right when we started dating. And I'm pretty open mentally. Uh, my family is like pretty depressed and anxious. So to me, it wasn't anything out of the ordinary. Someone talking about depression's another thing. Depression's like, are you okay, dude? But anxiety, especially New York City comedians, it sounds like just someone talking. Because <laughs> we're all like manic, we're yeah. all panicking. So to me, it's just another guy, but I understand if I was dating like a finance guy, he would never talk that way. Yeah. And so are you getting any therapy from him secondhand? Um, uh, I guess sometimes he'll come home from therapy and he'll be like, Jen said we can cook together and it'll help us feel more connected. <laughs> <laughs> that is adorable. So it's that kind of stuff. And um, she gives him some advice and passes it along to me, but I should also be in therapy again. But yeah. You know, that's the whole process. So you were before and you're not now. And kind of what yeah. what kind of drove you out of therapy? Was it just the price or having to go somewhere at a certain time every week? Yes. So I was working nine to five in a, at a finance firm. Uh, I had amazing health insurance. We're talking any doctor. <laughs> every doctor was in network. Every copay was 20. I was going to the dermatologist. I was going to the neurologist. I was going to the urologist. For no reason. You know, I'm going to every doctor just to spend their money. And then when I got wilded out, I had to quit my job and get on like state health insurance or some shit. And that shit is a fucking nightmare. We're talking three months waiting time for physicals. And um, I think I tried and then just got discouraged. And yeah, it's just a whole mess. I just, when you go from something, uh, uh, an insurance that every single doctor takes to one where you have to go out to Ozone Park, Queens to see a therapist. <sighs> That's when you're like, okay, maybe I'll um, meditate. <laughs> yeah, because I, like, I, I was kind of facing some of that. Like I have certain food addiction issues and I would normally go to like Overeaters Anonymous meetings or something if they were local. But yeah. like if you're like, I have to go to Manhattan to yeah. go to this meeting and, and on the way there's about 80,000 restaurants that I would happily go to. Like, this is the thing that will, you know, kind of keep me in this fucking cycle. So like going out to Ozone Park, you're like, th this is going to cause me to need more therapy. Literally, yes, the whole process of getting there and my therapist from, in my old job, she was like, you can stay on, but we'll do a hundred a week and we'll do every other week. I'm like, that's like five times as much as I pay now. <sighs> therapy like carol you're not worth it <laughs> you know? so i had to ghost her and um yeah you have to think about what's actually good for my mental health i mean it'd be yeah. maybe i can look into the telehealth thing but it's just such a process yeah are you able to kind of you know is there any therapeutic effect to going on stage and you know if so has it faded with the inability to kind of connect with people live yeah i think there is there definitely is. There's definitely that those endorphins that come from doing four shows a night that 
make you feel like, oh, I crushed on that. You know, if you do four shows a night, you're going to crush on at least one. <laughs> back on that feeling until the next day. It's very rare that you have like three terrible in a row. Yeah. Um, so you can fall back on that. I don't, and when the coronavirus started, I realized that it wasn't sustainable because now I can't perform every night. And so I had to like kind of um, slow down. I, I do think that the pandemic was good for my brain because my, my emotional roller coaster wasn't sustainable. The like yeah. wake up feeling like I'm not enough, 7 p.m. show, do well. Okay, now I'm enough. You know, like that, <sighs> that's not good. So <sighs> I was able to learn how to like just have a brain that doesn't rely on crowds. Um, but I've definitely felt less fulfilled since March because it is therapeutic, definitely. Yeah. And so, you know, it sounds like, you know, if you have anxiety and, you know, you told me what goes into picking somebody like Andrew Siobhan, what goes into picking people, you know, like female comedians to kind of connect with early on in your career? Like, are you looking for people who are talking about anxiety on stage? Are you looking for nice and normal? And how does that change when you get certain shows like Wilding Out? Um, I have a group of gals who I think every strong comedian friendship just really relies on who you see the most because uh-huh. there's so many people and I there's like co- comics who are more Brooklyn focused who I really like who I just don't see as much so I'm not as close to them like um Maria Wojciechowski I always see like we did like a road gig together once in Albany and we really connected and we talked for a long time in the car her and Kelsey Kane but I never see her so we're not close but we could be close but I'm more close with like Lindsay Tyson, just because we're both at New York Comedy Club all the time. Uh-huh. It's more look, especially with the female comedians, like we're all pretty normal and nice. If there's any, because we all know the name of the game is just to, like put your head down and write and like avoid the weirdos. <laughs> and you guys have a list, a running list of who the weirdos are and, and when to avoid them. Yes. And we're pretty <laughs> like shitty, even if a dude isn't like, you know, like a predator, but he's like, mean and rude we'll all talk about it and shit on them together so i really think the the female comic is location based um and were you worried that would change when you moved back in the day from brooklyn to astoria queens no because by then i had already been in the clubs that i was performing at so it wasn't like but when i moved to astoria i was going to be like an astoria comic i was like in at new york comedy club and caroline's and the stand and everything else was just gonna i'm not like all queens now i'm trying to think of like and then like with the girl comics anyone who's just you can pick up a conversation right away um like alicia hush we always talk for like a, a long time she's, one, she's wonderful yeah i just had her on we had a lot of fun with uh with star wars and lifetime movies we we're able to connect them so she's uh she's pretty she's pretty in- interesting and it's just fucking tons of fun to talk to yeah, really nice, normal, laughs a lot, smile. She's like the female Andrew Chavon, just laughs. <laughs> and she's someone who is like the ideal friend. She never any passive aggressive. It, just like always. And, you know, the thing with like comedians is our moods are crazy. And one thing I've learned is the people I gravitate to more are those who are always the same mood. You know, I don't, I don't like mixed messages. I don't like when you're like, what, are you going to be mean or nice today? <laughs> it's never that with Alicia. She's always like, hey, I'm, I'm nice and normal today. 
Yeah, so, I'm consistently Alicia. That's awesome. Right. And that's what I have been aiming to be the past two years is just like approachable and, and normal and not moody. See, that's what, that's what I'm picking up. I think you're the female version of Andrew Chavon to me, let me tell you. Well, I'll let him know. Well, it also leads up to some fucked up shit, you know? If you guys buy into that, you're like, dude, I am fucking myself. Well, people say we look alike. People comment. <laughs> Let's just own it, you know? Well, you guys are both hilarious, and I think every word out of your mouth is just so Maddie Smith. And so if I want to see these things all day long, I'm going to look at you across social platforms, so Maddie Smith. And, and where is the, what's the one that's kind of uh, posting the most, you know, current and constant content? Is it going to be Instagram? Um, Instagram's a little less, but Instagram, I do have a lot of followers. I do post funny videos. YouTube's more like the plop hole for random stuff because I'm trying to get my subscribers up and they said post multiple times a week. So at this point, it's about quantity over quality. And I hate to say uh, it. So if you want quantity, quantity over quality, up that subscriber number at Maddie Smith Comedy. At, that's a YouTube. Just search me. You'll find my account. And, um, I reviewed um, Twinkie cereal yesterday. Um, they were really gross. And then I'll also do an Ask Maddie Anything series. And you might see Andrew Chavon in some videos coming up. We're almost at 10,000 subscribers, which is pretty cool. Anyway, yeah, I see a, one of your videos here is Wrapping 101 with Maddie Smith. And helpfully, there is text on it that says, Number four, practice at home, which is the cutest thing I've ever seen coming from Maddie Smith. She's looking earnestly. Wrapping 101 with Maddie Smith. Practice at home. <laughs> least helpful video ever <laughs> that's all i can say i expect nothing nothing other than that so maddie smith maddie smith thank you so much thank you for having me